Okay, so from what I can tell, I'm ready to go here. Good, so this is targeting assets in space exploration. Uh, right now I'm in Virginia Beach, Virginia. I just left the Lucky Cup Coffee behind me, uh, just down there at the end. Um, going to powerhouse boxing and kickboxing just to get my bicycle. And this is my beta test of the, the beta feature, the video here. What's up, Mr. Two Extra? How you doing, buddy? Pull this up here so and i'm going to go ahead and uh, grab my bike and i'm going to uh get back over to the coffee shop for a little bit less than an hour and get um uh, get some work done so right now get this bike and get going in just a second so We'll put this down for a moment here. Get the bike unlocked. Man, I, I like this video feature, man. It's nice. Yeah, it is pretty cool, huh? Very, very cool. Uh, thanks for joining me, brother. I just got it unlocked. This feature got unlocked today um, for me. Uh, so I'm very happy about that. Very yeah. this one, this gonna be a game changer right here. You can I'm telling you. Point. Point. Yeah, PowerPoints. Uh, so a lot of things you can do when you do visual, and then you can resend them and reshare them and stuff. Yeah, man. Yeah, this is gonna be nice right here. But um, everybody can't do it right. You had to be a blue star to do it, or you had to have so many followers or something. I don't. So I don't know about that. Um, but I just asked, you know, Charlie, who's in the room. Uh, sometimes uh, he's, you know. Uh, on staff with um, Colin, I sent him a message first asking him about uh, the blue check mark. Um, and what was funny is that after I did that, after I asked for the blue check mark, um, I, I got an article called uh, called um, Status as a Service. It was about for sale at Twitter. <laughs> and, and I read that. Um, and so it's actually a recording here on uh, Colin. So I read that, and um, and then he said I, they don't have any. Uh, uh, they're, they're working on a set uh, protocol or standard set of standards to roll out to for the for their own verification. Um, and then he said, but separately, he says, um, we're rolling out the beta video. Would you like to try that? So I said, yeah. He says, uh, as soon as uh, it's ready, I'll let you know. And sure enough, he did today. And so this is just maybe an hour or so after because I was in another hangout with, with the Pangburn hangout. They were doing the Pangburn Universe uh, um, episode one. And so I got, I was fortunate enough to be able to get in on that. Um, and, uh, and then very shortly after that, here I am. I got this and I'm really, really happy about it, man, because it is, uh, it's a feature that I've been looking to get for the longest time. Oh, look, there's Vlad. 
What's up, Vlad? Hey, man. Right Vlad, you got to hold on for a second. The equilibrium. <laughs> That's Where right, you sir. Where you at? Where you walking? Um, I, well, I just left uh, back there. Uh, behind me is Powerhouse Boxing and Kickboxing. Um, it's actually that building right there. That whole building. Yeah, you got an inch away to take on your fighting skill from here. You know, you can actually charge people to come into a private room and you do a little session with them. Well, yeah is a potential of having the, the video, right? So um, there are so many things that can be done and I'm really uh, excited, just especially because um, Colin has done what none other has been able to do before, and that is to be able to, um, to basically get uh, to get video into the podcasting in this way. Um, I mean, this completely rivals anything that um, I've seen before, which is uh, like, um, you know, who, who basically has a feature like this, Vlad? <laughs> feature. <laughs> no. And only, yeah, in the flesh right here, brother. Maybe Spotify, right? Maybe Spotify has a feature <laughs> video uh, podcast. Uh, I have Spotify the one that I know of. But, but that's it, right? Who else has it? Um, the only thing that's close to this is a thing called and Rift, but it's still not to this magnitude. They, they don't talk like oh, you know, they, okay. they don't smell stuff. You know. So how many people can come up there? Um, I don't know, but the Pangburn Hangout had a lot of people, but uh, so I wanted to um, touch on this subject here, if you guys uh, don't mind indulging me uh, talking about targeting assets in space exploration. Well, honestly, if we're not doing it, uh, just Elon Musk and then the Chinese and anybody that's going up to space, Russians, they're going to be targeting those assets because they've discovered that uh, there's enough minerals on a lot of the rock comets and in, in, in a lot of those planets, uh, including Mars, that's their next target. It's all about resources. So now it's about resources, bringing them back to Earth. It's not going to be an easy task, but if they got the equipment and the, mo the money investment and the people willing to do it, that's going to change. It's going to be a game changer, believe it or not. So... Yeah, I, I think so too. And what I really want to um, to do is to just talk about some of the things that I have um, learned about before, and just um, basically uh, um, get into that. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard any of the things um, before that I had uh, put out, but um, I. Uh, for one, um, uh, had read some papers on uh, some various different projects that were, that NASA is doing, um, as well as having recently spoken with um, 
in NASA scientist. I know. So that's interesting. So the, as I was talking and I went to another app, that just um, timed out my camera, didn't it? I saw that. Okay. No one still heard you though. Good. That's good to know. So we're I'm I'm testing this out as well. Okay. So, um, all right. So let's see who's. Okay. So that. So if I scroll down the window, I can see certain things. Um, but here's here's. So let me just wrap this up. So here's a few things together right now that that um have become very interesting for me to start talking about this and. Well, one of them is there's a company called Astrobotic or Astrobotic and Astrobotic has been working on um, creating a wireless power transmission system for what they call customer assets on the moon and uh, basically they are designing these rovers to be able to be attached to rockets and landers that will then transport them to be tethered to uh, solar power stations. So um, some stations on the moon that are collecting, that are photovoltaic panels or solar cells to collect energy from sunlight that are stored in their, uh, their in whatever storage units they're gonna be using. I don't remember that right now. Um, and then they're going to be tethered by these rovers um, that Astrobotic is making are going to be tethered to these power stations by cable because it's the most reliable way to transmit the electrical power to the batteries on the rovers. And these are the Astrobotic rovers that their job is to then, while still tethered to the uh, power stations, to roll over to the vicinity of, next to, um, what they call customer assets on the lunar surface. And these customer assets on the lunar surface will then uh, receive um, recharged power uh, via wireless power transmission from these rovers. And that's the job of these rovers from Astrobotics. So that's one thing that's happening right now. Number two. Number two is um, the plan to send a crew in 2024 uh, to set up and test uh, infrared solar, I'm sorry, infrared laser communication arrays on the lunar surface. So uh, by 2024, we're looking to send up a crew to test and get um, operational experience in launching uh, a, crew, a mission with a crew to the lunar surface to install and test infrared laser communications arrays. So, and then of course these, these infrared laser communication arrays are going to be able to be used for the customer assets on the moon. Um, and, and for other missions. Now, the, the third thing that's really interesting, and this is where some interesting speculation on my part um, comes from is uh, the fact that you know at some time ago there was a bacterium in a lake in California um, called uh, uh, that they affectionately call uh, Conan the bacterium 
And they call it Conan the bacterium because it's very robust, it's very resilient. And so this bacterium, they uh, tested it under conditions that are similar to that on the, um, on the surface of Mars. So bombarding it with different kinds of solar radiation, including uh, solar protons. And protons are wild things um, because they're basically uh, hydrogen ions. Uh, they're, they're positively charged and they can rip through uh, all kinds of matter and cause, uh, cause a huge mess. Um, they're like, they're like super-powered uh, free radicals. Um, anyway, uh, so, um, oh, so this Conan the bacterium, uh, they uh, reproduce some of the conditions on Mars by doing, uh, on the surface of Earth, by basically bombarding it with these protons and different kinds of radiation. And they found that it was already very much more resilient than almost anything else living because it lived on the surface, uh, under this intense bombardment of radiation for um, minutes rather than just a few seconds like anything else would, would die, including humans. But then when they tested it under conditions of just 10 centimeters of Martian soil, it, its, it's uh, lifespan went up to millions of years. And when they uh, buried it under 10 meters of soil, its lifespan went up to 280 million years. So now, here, here's where the heavy speculation comes in. What if um, what has happened, right, is that uh, some life like uh, what Conan the bacterium, which its uh, scientific name is uh, uh, Deinococcus radiodurans. Um, so let's say if they found something that's really resilient on the surface of Mars. Hello, Rich. Um, welcome to the room. So if they find something that some, something that was really resilient on the surface of Mars, and because it's so resilient, like it, it, you know, on the Martian surface, it can last 280 million years under 10 meters of soil, and it can last millions of years under just 10 centimeters of soil. So now imagine these uh, laser communications, these infrared laser communication arrays that they're going to be building on the moon as well as the customer assets, basically moon bases, that they, that Astrobotic, for example, has now um, been, uh, have completed testing on uh, rovers um, that will get on rockets and landers on the moon to be installed uh, by, cap uh, by cable power transmission to uh, lunar surface, uh, a located um, uh, solar voltaic cells or photovoltaic uh, collectors, uh, basically giant solar cell station, a solar collections, a solar energy collection station um, that will charge these little rovers from Astrobotic that will then deliver uh, wireless power by by driving to the customer assets or these different moon bases to deliver them the power, the, at least the electrical power that they need. Uh, and so. Yeah, those are the things right there. It's um, just not, it's not much, it's just I'm just sticking to three things. So we have um, a laser, a infrared laser communication array, wireless charging, and uh, perhaps the discovery of some superbug on the surface of Mars. So you wouldn't want to bring it back to Earth 
to test it because it's so dur it's so resilient and so durable. So bring it to another planetary body that uh, also doesn't have an atmosphere, which is the moon, um, and is basically dry and barren and seems to be devoid of life. So that's where you take those missions to uh, and from the moon. So there's going to be right now. How do we target those assets in space exploration? Well, we got. We're going to have lots of opportunities in uh, round trips to and from the lunar surface, opportunities for short-term colonization of the lunar surface, and in all kinds of different things that we get into those lunar bases. Can you imagine getting your service or something like that, or your consulting or something uh, into um, something that has to do with these bases on the moon? and the projects on the moon, uh, anything that's going in transit, something, you invent a piece of clothing or some kind of material or an idea that gets to go up there um, in order to, to help continue making your contribution felt. And then, um, and then for Mars, right, for planning for Mars. So there's all kinds of things that uh, we can so-called target as assets in space exploration. Thank you, gentlemen, for your patience. What say you? <clears throat> and so, that's it. Um, there's not much more to cover about that. It's a really simple uh, thing. I mean, what right now, if any of you guys want to uh, say anything or add anything to that, um, I'm going to, at this time, uh, look and see. Hey, Vlad. All that technology is interesting, what you said, bacteria, Herculean, uh, I think it was, right? Uh, but, uh, no, was Conan, Conan. Conan. Yeah, yeah Barbarian. Conan the bacterium. Yeah. And, the bacterium, yes. Yeah, that's that's something that as they're working on it, you want to make sure it's kept under wrap. You don't want to be bringing that thing back to Earth, uh, anything like that. And whatever's here, it's got to be in a super center make sure you know to destroy it because if it what gets if that's how COVID-19 started no uh, well worse than that because this is coming out of space this is not something just put together by a bunch of knuckleheads who want to get rid of the world this is going to be it you know and you don't want that you don't want that releasing you know so it's going to be justification for trying to kill people anywhere around the world it's going to be horrible the day that thing sees light you know these links. Let me see if I can find these links here. Well, you know what? I can put them in later in the... I can find these links later. I know I put them somewhere here, but yeah, there's a... Um, oh, there's also another one, another uh, talk I did on here about uh, long-term power in space. Let's see. Um, so let's see. Systems engineering approach to sustainable... Um, did you did you see that one or hear hear that one, Vlad? Um, no, from, go ahead, tell me more. No, it's just I was just asking about the different technical news readings that I did. There's one um, that's called uh, um, that I did. Let's see, see all episodes. It's called. Um, Hakeem, Hakeem, look at my. Yeah. Uh, look at my. Oh, it's called reliable power for long-term lunar surface operations. Uh, wait, hold on, I'm on my way. What are you talking about? Oh, <laughs> just look at my eye. Just look at my eye. No, I'm, I'm, I'm doing my best. What's going on? <laughs> I hope I'm not psyching you out. 
It's just some people trip out when I give them a stare, man. They run. <laughs> I don't mean to right, be like well, that. Yeah. I just am like that. <laughs> oh, well, I, I've, I've stared into the faces of, of, of worse. I stare into the oh, face of death every day, and it runs from me. <laughs> you know? Uh, there you go. Oh. So, now I got... Mr. Jew, <laughs> come on camera, please. We want to see. I know. Yeah, I'm surprised. I'm surprised. I'm surprised that Mr. Two Extra hasn't come up on camera because he does a lot of a lot of camera-based uh, videos yeah. on. Um, I want to see uh, you, brother. There we go. There we go. Okay. Uh, there you go. Where? Oh, what's uh, up, man? Why I'm so big? Um, I don't know. The oh, camera no, man. needs to be. Same thing with me. It looks like my head is huge inside here. I don't know what's going on. So. But the tech is pretty cool, man. We got this whole beta uh, launch going here. So um, I think this is a good test so far. What, 20 minutes? No glitches, how, no how major glitches. How is life in Virginia there? for you guys? It's, I know you guys are. It was cold this morning. You know. You, you yeah. guys get the four it seasons was, so compared to... California, right? You guys get the real snow, white, beautiful, beautiful snow on uh, when it snowed in. Well, to right, tell you the truth, I'm I'm going to be heading back to either Florida or California. Um, my library is in California, so I might just get another building for that. Um, but uh, um, Florida is my mom's down there, and I got to go help her out with some stuff soon. So we'll see. Uh, there's a lot of opportunities, a lot of different places. How, how's she doing? Is she, you, you're going to caregive her too, also for a little bit over there with Mama, right? Yeah, I'm going to you know, assess right, the situation and see the best way to go for that. Uh, All right, I hope yes. it works out. When do you think you're going to be over there, this month or next yeah. month? I'm not sure. It, it may not be this month. It's going to It's going to take some planning and some time, but um, I'm working on it for sure. All right. Good luck on that. And now, now Florida is not that far from Virginia, right? Um. No, I've uh, I've driven fourteen hours. I thought it was good. good, good oh, okay. Yeah, I know Texas is um seventeen hours away. Depends on what part of Texas. To Virginia, um, Atlanta is six hours away from my part of Virginia. So. That's, that's pretty much uh, here in California going all through Southern California to Northern California the tip of it border to Oregon passing uh, passing San Francisco going into Sacramento and all that area well you, you know what's hey, up Joaquin, you've been over there. I don't know about you Mr. Two if you've been over here in California or not no no I've been in California no, I, I want to go to California. And that's just driving your own car. Texas, this is a lot of places I, I want to go. Yeah. yeah. I only been to to Virginia twice, and that's because I Who's went here? into DC. Hey, that was just crossing to get the, to, to get the metro from Arlington, Virginia, over to DC. Twice. That's the closest I got to Virginia. <clears throat> well, I don't really know Virginia. Hey guys, look. You that's what I'm saying. I, I don't really know. What's it? I can't. So Loki is.
What's up, Loki? Hey, Loki. Who is Loki? Loki. He was down there a little bit. Y'all know Loki? Yeah, Loki's invited to come to camera. Loki is one of the first. Just uh, go to your more section at the bottom next to Scott Biggs. One of the first. Doing all right. People that I met here on uh, Colin. Oh, okay. All right. I guess I'll try this real fast. Welcome, Loki. How you doing, Loki? Oh, he's nothing like the. He, he's nothing like the like the Loki. Yeah. Hi, Loki. All right. <laughs> All right. And my and my uh, screen's cracked, so my so camera only has kind of get up in town? on it. Is that what it is? No, Vlad just punked out for some reason. Well, there you oh, go. Okay, there you go. <laughs> now this starting to remind me of Haps TV. It's an old app that used to be called Haps TV. And it's kind of remind me of that. I've never seen that one before, but um, I'm digging it. They definitely hang out and taking advantage of it. I'm really a, a big fan. Uh, the Travis guy? Oh, Travis yeah. Hang it got really, me now. I'm with it now. Because he knows the yeah. developers. This he has cool. a close uh, relationship with them. So he knows the owners and all that. That's an advantage. That's a plus. Well, it is, oh, yeah. whatever it is. Um, I'm not sure about any of that information, but I do know that, um, yeah. you know, Sometimes I they're kind they of circular. And, um, they, you know, have yeah. been holding lots of philosophy discussions and very long yeah. ones for quite some yes. time now. A lot of time because yeah. everybody's giving That's their one, one of their, their strengths. Apparently today, poor Nivek, he, he and Iggy were getting sure. into it. A lot of things are, I think. Uh, Iggy didn't understand them, so Travis had to interpret and it was a simple question. Are you superior to dirt? And uh, I know Mr. Hakim didn't really like my answer. I got a little bit too biblical for him, but uh, because I brought in the fornicating people. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. I stepped on some toes. <laughs> I didn't care about that. I don't even remember. Hakeem, it, it wasn't you, I just, but I got my name tossed around. I just remember like I came back and started time. talking about something. They didn't like my answer. Uh, that you said it was too religious, uh, earlier, but it was but... straight to the core. That's why I told them, when you're a religious person like myself, in this case Christian, That's funny. all you are is glorified dirt. And they couldn't work on that. And I told them, I don't have a different, I don't have a hard time looking at yeah. the globe as in, you know, with an ideology or maybe a theology that you guys are all over the place, especially. I look at it as from a Christian point of view. Glorify dirt when you're a Christian. Because at the end of the day, when we die, yeah, brother, you we, just go, we just go back to the earth. Whether we go cremated or buried. We, Wait a minute. And, and, and the guy just got, I got, my name got mentioned like a dozen times. I would be challenged on that. But everybody had their own perspective, worldview, and that's, you know, to each their own. Um, the other funny thing about the dirt, though, is that all the all the dirt, you know, that we consider low, all all came from stars. The dirt is stardust um, as well. So you can't really, you can't, yeah, you can't say what's superior and inferior. Star, when you can't separate things.
so, so, so you know, and then I think, I, I think uh, what when Nivek was having a trouble with okay. the, the term the dirt, he was referring to the literal dirt of planet Earth. This is Travis, right? And he was just, I think he was talking about it from the form when somebody insults you. Oh, you're nothing but dirt. You know, that is, you know, when women throw that at men, you're nothing but dirt. Well, you know, in that sense, really, if you know science, if you know about Earth and where humanity came from, we're all dirt, right? And that's not an insult. That's just, we're all going to go back to ashes and dust at the end of the day. But but people use this thing, of, oh, this person's dirt. He's dirt. Well, really? Look at what we get from the dirt. We walk on it. We eat from it, for crying out loud. If, if uh, this great earth didn't give us the, the food that we ate to survive, whether organic or non-organic, it comes from the earth, you know? We, we, we get clay and adobe, adobe from the, from the earth. Whether to build clay homes or you know, clay, I, I like clay pots. Discussions. Yeah, I like. Mm -hmm. I like participating in the discussions because they, um, I, I don't understand philosophy, and it's a very easy way for me to access um, anything having to do with it right now, just because I'm here. So. Um, and I'm, I'm, I, uh, I like the way that they run things. I feel, I feel right at home there. I feel like, um, you know, you know, I don't get too, too much myself, too much in a tizzy, uh, and uh, I just, you know, put my input and and bow out as much as I can because I do a lot of talking. It's, you know, on my own here doing this. Stuff, I don't so know, but there was, I noticed, I to uh, push too much. In, you know what I mean? Go ahead, go ahead, Yeah. I, is one uh, yeah I was just saying it's, it's, it's a black lady on here I think she's real popular and she has big numbers when she she do a broadcast and I normally come and check yeah. her out you uh, talking about Brianna or Savvy um I think I've been to both of them at one time um uh, but they they got a, a real good speaking voice their voice is real good in speaking they say words Real fraud. They, they they hold attention to the crowd. Um, and like I said, they have big numbers in here, and they they be on other people's shows as well, outside the app. They be talking about them. You know, I was on the app talking such and such. Yeah. You know, such and such. And um, they be very you know, they're very interesting. You know. But, I was going to say that I found out about um, this app calling because of. Um, somebody who I had uh, um, met and learned about through the Zeitgeist Media Festival. Oh my gosh, her name is Abby Martin. You guys know about Abby Martin? So anyway. Yeah, um, I, uh, I heard about her through here, here. too. Yeah. Well, no, uh, you mean, did you hear about Colin because of her? That's what I'm saying. I came to Colin to see her, to listen to her talk. Yes, same here. I, I Okay. If she didn't mention... If Abby Martin didn't mention Colin, I wouldn't have downloaded it and and looked looked it right. up. So that's okay. Cool. So we got here because of the same announcement she made. And you know what's funny? I haven't even listened to any of her episodes really. I I tried to listen to some of it, but it's it's not my bag. I, I liked her when she was on RT. You know, um, 
but I just, for, for some reason, my brain is not into that, that political stuff right now. I don't know why. I'm just, like, in a different realm. And, yeah, it's it, but it's all kind of coming together. It's it's weird. I was what was I looking at? I was looking at a. I thought you might like this. Um, what what do you know about a uh, directed energy energy weapons? Okay. Um, I only know what I know from other writers and from what I know about physics. I know that um, that England. I actually just did a talk on here that England just attested. Uh, um, an energy weapon. Let me see. Uh, I'm pretty sure I did it. Are you are you referring Loki to the the photon kind of like the Nikola Tesla one that he proposed, but he never they never built uh, the, uh, the that was going to end all war. Not this particular one. I'm I'm referring to the ones that are kind of more in use now. It's um microwave rays you may have heard oh there we go there we go yeah that the ones that you know they, you, you know what that had yet to be seen yeah that had yet to be seen in action i do believe well, the technology they, do they, they've been using they it. Have it but i have yet to see it. oh they've been using it yeah and one thing they can oh. do with it is make you hear voices oh, so no, that's it's a basically one. yeah so yeah, I um sorry Loki, but I, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Ahead. So there are several different uh, types of directed energy weapons. Exactly. Um, and yes. Um there are microwave lasers and there are the ones, for example, that target the because for some reason and I actually did some research and a talk on this as well, the eighth cranial nerve pair or the vestibulocochlear nerve, that whole part of your body that has to do with your hearing and your equilibrium is one of the most easily targeted and manipulated systems in the human body. Yeah. Um, it's so delicate, yeah. And uh, they've also, there's a, another technology now that's also dealing with sound that's called um, targeted uh, memory retrieval. And if you if you use targeted memory retrieval over and over again on the same memory, you can cause something called retrieval-induced forgetting. So this is actually yep. a, a way of erasing memories. So there's a lot of different uh, techniques now, um, and it's involving like the work that I do with binaural beats and isochronic tones and just and music and and talk and hypnosis in general. So anyway, Loki, I'd like to hear what you have to say about that. I just you know just came off the head with that because. Uh, I've been looking at a lot of that stuff lately. Yeah, that that all goes uh, together as well. And when people are put into a state of hypnosis, it makes them more vulnerable to to the kind of you know the conditioning that that the energy weapons can do on people. Although there's you know there's things that are just simple through suggestion but also if you have the energy weapon and you can talk directly into people's heads you know without speaking any sounds you can either make them feel like they're crazy or you can pretend to be their dead relative their you know mother father sister brother uncle whatever whoever they they miss or you could pretend to be god you know you could it depends on who i think they, I don't know if it was exactly this particular laser weapon, but they used a, a version, earlier version of it, in one of the um, the campaigns in the in the Middle East to, you know, they they like made a voice and said, you know, this is Allah, lay down your weapons, and it worked. It worked uh, on one battle, so it's been tested.
All I can, and I might say something daring, bring that shit. We'll see where it goes. Bring it. I would like to see them test it on the public, and they will, believe it or not. But there now, we have, I'm sure. <laughs> and, and now all I need is my Magneto, my, my needle, you know, like in the X-Men, Magneto has his uh, helmet, and and Professor X cannot get through him. Xavier cannot get through him, nor, nor manipulate his mind, so... That's all I need. It's just to wear. a, yeah. It's a tinfoil. It's like a pimpin version of a tinfoil <laughs> hat. Yeah. <laughs> but a nice one, a really nice yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. But actually, lead would be much better than than tinfoil. But it lead's oh, so poisonous. Um, there's another perspective uh, where you don't need. Uh, the actual tinfoil hat is um, what we're going to see is a difference in people with autonomy and people who so the difference between outer directed and inner directed people so people who need authority and those who can do quite well without because if somebody's going to listen to a voice tell them to do some stupid shit you deserve to get whatever trouble the stupid shit because if that's just where your mind is that's what you need to be controlled so if you hear a voice in your head telling you to do stuff and you do it and it's against what you want to do then that's i don't know what to tell you like i don't care i've i've heard voices i don't care what they say It, it depends on your belief system you know, your inner belief system, your inner core. I had a very vivid dream once um, where I was presented with a choice. And even though I'm not Christian and I'm not religious, and I, at the time I wasn't, I was very deep into a satanic death metal band called Acrimonium that I was a lead singer of. And so I was conjuring some of the most incredibly satanic lyrics that you could possibly think of, including a song that's on YouTube called Demonic Indignation. Um, and I was confronted with a choice that there was a, in a dreamscape somehow, in a nutshell, it presented me an option of, of going to serve Satan or Jesus. And I was like, well, I'm not serving the devil, whatever that stands for. I'm going to go on the side of Jesus. So uh, you have a choice when you hear voices, when you have hallucinations, you know, um, and, and the, 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 the Satan power was really overwhelming. It presented me this, this figure, this woman named Sinjina, and like, it's just all the kind of temptation stuff. But in a nutshell, um, I made the decision to just say, no, I'm gonna go with Jesus, even though I'm not religious, you know? So I think that, I mean, that might be a weak example, because, um, but I just think that this whole idea of hallucinations, which I've had, and voices in the head, which I've had, and all kind of experiences with lucid dreams and all these other things, I think that you're going to see uh, people showing what their vulnerability is, because you can't get me to do, I mean, I can't, I can hardly work a job. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you can't get me to do certain things. Like, it's just, it's very difficult for me to obey anything. So for a voice in my head to tell me, you know, to do something even menial, like if it's just like, oh, all you got to do is, um, you know, sweep the floor once a day and you'll have, you know, eternal salvation. I'm going to be like, I don't know if I can do that. (laughs) You know, that's too much of a schedule for me. All right. Uh, it depends on who you are inside your head, too. Not everybody has so much of a sense of direction or a sense of identity, even. Like, if someone's already crazy, then you put a voice in their head. Go ahead. What I'm actually saying, too, this goes along with what you're saying, is I'm saying, too, that 
It's not who you are inside. Now, this is a line from Batman Begins. <laughs> it's not who you are inside. It's what you do that defines you. You could be crazy as a motherfucker, but if you understand that when in Rome, act like the Romans, that's all you need in life. It don't matter how crazy you are. If you can understand that one thing, that in order to maintain your freedom and to be able to operate however you want on this earth, whatever's going on here, it doesn't matter. It's how you behave. And so if you can get to that threshold of your eccentricity or whatever it is and just hover in there, you'll be all right. That's what people need to figure out. That's the key to anybody's mental illness is just do the when in Rome thing. Like, that's a very logical thing. But, again, people can't help it. Um, I, I get that. I'm not... I'm not downplaying what mental illness can do to people. I'm just saying that uh, that in, in a general context, um, if you are listening to voices, you got something else. If you're listening to them, I'm saying hear them, listen to them. That's a problem. Okay, that's 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 where it, that's where it comes down to the problem is what you do in response to them. It's the same thing I teach as in clinical hypnosis. You know, I've decided not to actually hypnotize people, but tell and teach people what hypnosis is so they can decide what things they allow to slip past their critical filter and what things they want to uproot and reject or transmute and change. And so it's not about, um, you know, whether or not you force any ideas or have to do things for people. It's just give people the option. Just like, uh, I don't know, God, free will, right? Right. <laughs> just let people do what they want but as long as you give them the most information possible yeah people have to be they have to learn how to take things with a grain of salt as well Health, healthy skepticism definitely helps people out but yeah some people are more vulnerable to to believing things than others are because it's I don't know like every, right. everyone has a different mind don't, um, and even everyone has a different uh, thumbprint as well like mental thumbprint like energetically like you can see their, their, magne their magnetic yeah. signature so but as well, far as the directed don't, energy don't weapons people, aren't there some people who mm. go ahead oh no I was just going to ask a question aren't there some people who um, believe wholeheartedly in God but hate him at the same time right so there are people who will even know that a deity exists for all intents and purposes hear the voices and still say fuck off right Right. so that's a possibility too yes yeah, you know, I think there's that class of people that exist yeah people have this cognitive dissonance but I think the more common cognitive dissonance with regards to Christianity and God and stuff is the prosperity gospel in America. So, you know, Jesus was supposed to be this humble guy that almost, like, espouted, um, like, socialist values or, like, collectivism and, and like, like, everybody helping each other and people rising to heaven kind of together. And, you know, the, pros the prosperity gospel that kind of... Um, it's really the American elites the prosperity that have been pushing it. Go ahead, Vlad. Yeah, the prosperity gospel works against the true gospel because if it's about being rich, then Jesus failed. If it's about being rich, then the apostles failed, the way they got crucified and the way they used to receive money. They never lived in mansions. They never lorded over people to bring in the tithes for themselves, so self-enrichment. Jesus had no place to stay at time. So he says, I don't even have a place to lay my hand, my head, meaning I was putting it on a rock to go to sleep. So 
Jesus didn't come to, to present that. On the contrary, he told he, he told the rich young the rich young man because he thought I've kept the law. In other words, before you, Jesus, Rabbi, you got nothing on me. And Jesus tested him. Okay, then give all. If you have that, you, you don't have a problem. Then you're not gonna have a problem. Basically, I'm paraphrasing. Okay, um, giving up all your wealth to the needy. Give it up and follow me. And he walked away better. Because that what was in his heart was really richness. But even though he had kept the whole law, maybe, all 613 laws, for the Jews only, he failed at what Jesus tested in his heart. And that is the treasure of his heart, money. Mammon. Mammon was his God. Because if he would have told him at least, yeah, okay, Jesus, I'll do that. And he would have followed him. It would have changed the whole thing. But mammon was greater for that young man, rich young man, in comparison to Jesus who was in front of him. He didn't know what he lost on. So it's, it's never about money. With, with God, there is no plentiful of everything. It's the way it's distributed in the world, the power that be. That's why I, I found it, I find it that everybody here, not you guys necessarily, you call in, there's all this talk about doing good at the government level. But when you tell each and every individual that calls himself a socialist to do the common good for the common man in the community, they won't do it. They won't buckle. To volunteer their time not only once or twice a week in a soup kitchen, they won't do it. They won't work with the, with the homeless. They're hypocrites. They talk the big talk, talk the big game, but they won't do it. It's the same thing. I challenge Andrew. You know who I'm talking about? Andrew, who married in, who's in Mexico, the teacher, right? Very smart guy. I challenge him. If Jesus was a socialist, then why don't you join us Christians? You teach me more about socialism and how to work with the people, and I'll teach you more about Christ. You know what he did? He stood, he stood quiet. He couldn't answer my question. So that's where I knew this ball BS that Jesus was a socialist. Because if Jesus was a socialist, then what is keeping you away from becoming a Christian? You know what? You understand me, Loki? I'm not trying to challenge you or put you on the spot. Like what I'm saying is yeah. a lot of people talk a big game about let's do this for a common man. But it, when it comes to grassroots starting in your community, you don't do nothing. That's what gets me mad about the socialists. All of them talking about, oh, look at what the elites. All I hear is men like Lance and they envy and snark and they envy. All they talk about is envy. Well, because you know, let me tell you one thing. If you were to be given the same opportunities like Bezos and, and Musk, you would be in those positions and you would be a worse a-hole than them. And Could you would be. probably not even give to people. You, you would. You know what? I'll, I'll be honest. If I was given a position of power, I will abuse it. I will be corrupt. And I will favor those that favor me. And I will use everything to my advantage. I would be the worst even you would ever meet. It depends I, I on your fear, man. Yeah, like Pete, that's why people yeah, but, do need to stay, like a lot of people that have a grounding in, you know, Christianity or some sort of spiritual practice that, you know, has some truth in it, they, it, it keeps them grounded and keeps that power from corrupting them some, you know, often. It's not guaranteed, but it helps. And, you know, people, yeah, they... They have to have a bigger purpose other than themselves. Otherwise, they think that they're the fucking big, the top dog or the, you know, the big shit or whatever. 
Like if you don't have anything and, bigger and, than and, yourself, and, and that's and that's the fun. thing, and that's the thing with a lot of our politicians right now. We elect them into power, and instead of remembering that they should be humble and remember who brought them into power, and we could take them out of power with a recall, they they go off on a tandem doing all sorts of ra- ravenous things against the the country, voting for this, voting to fund Ukraine wars, and all. what happened to the no no war Democrats? Now they suddenly became war. I start doubting all these groups. That's why I cannot put my faith in all these political parties. Yeah, that was ever ever since know? Bill Clinton. That was Bill Clinton's move to turn the Democratic Party into Republican light, basically. And then you know everybody, you know, from then on, you know, continued that trend. And you know, the the war industry has been continuously swallowing up our government. So has Wall Street, and they've kind of like blended together a bit created like one monster or you know along with agribusiness and biotech firms, and, and we just we just pharma industry we just seen it lately wield this ugly head and it's getting worse all this talk about the who controlling us under biden signing on sovereignty power that's evil a world yeah. economic forum since when does world economic forum have a rule to over our way of life in America, we're a sovereign country. It's our rulers to be trained treacherously as traitors giving up the country. That is wicked, dude. Hello, that is not Gator. Christian, man. Hello, that Ice, is not patriotic, Ice, man. Go ahead, and go ahead. Murphy. Go ahead. Oh, no, I'm just saying hello to Gator, Ice Ice, and Murphy who are in the room. That's all. What's up, guys? Hey, guys. So so that that's the thing, Loki. Thank you, Hakeem. The, the, the thing with, with the way we see, you know, what we're seeing in America, no wonder people are crying bloody murder left and right they don't want to but they keep on electing the same people okay do you like the high gas prices at six six dollars a gallon continue down the road and don't complain do you like paying two three times more for basic commodities basic uh food food uh things at the grocery store and toiletry well continue down the same road and don't complain we see people not wanting change we have a lot of talkers here and i call that's what i know the different programs Talk, 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 Savvy, Sav, Abby Martin that you said, uh, what's her name, Rihanna Joy, all of them. Nobody's bringing solutions. Nobody says, you know what, let's start a third party. They talk about a third party, but they aren't, they don't, they're not willing to fund it or jump on it. It's going to take at least 10, 15 years. But they, they all, all they talk a big game. That's it. Go ahead, bro. Well, this, I think this place is for talking, though. Like it's like you have to go off this platform to make something happen, you know. Like uh, Amanda did, you know. She's she's doing some hustle, you know. Uh, Hakeem, let Gator in. He talks of a big stuff, and he's very smart. I like listening to Gator or Iggy. (laughs) What is it, Gator or Iggy? I only changed it to Gator after a conversation with Derek, where I was taking the piss and then switched it over to Gator. I'd, I'd ask a question about um, about democracy, right? In the U.S. context, but this only because it's easy for me to because I'm talking to mostly U.S. people, right? Um, and, and Loki's kind of just alluded to this. Um, essentially, if you believe you live in a democracy, and therefore you accept that living in a democracy means you're partially responsible for the entire construct of your society and the power structure and 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 how how life is 
served to you by that representational democracy, then essentially the life that you have in the big picture sense now and the things that are being done to you now are your fault because you live in a representational democracy where you get a vote, right? If that's true, then what are we doing or you doing or I, what am I doing to change the shitty bits of the life that comes from that representational democracy? The reality is, in a lot of senses, most of us don't do enough. And that's why our leadership does shit to us that we don't like. Most of the stuff that's happening with war, Ukraine, um, bullshit distractions of information and, and nonsense coming served to us through Twitter, Facebook, um, whatever, on, on all the theatre of politics is just bullshit that we accept and lap up. And therefore, because of that, and us not taking the most basic meaningful actions of taking control of the political system from the people that the shit that we really don't like and the people that we actually have increasing levels of contempt for, then we allow ourselves to be pushed around and treated like shit. So it's our fault. All, all of this is our fault, really. And unless we, uh, as citizens, accept that and then come to terms with it and then change what we do, then we can just expect more of the same. And our ruling elites, ruling classes, the corporatocracy will continue to do and behave the way it has done. I think it's that simple, to be honest. Yeah, it's... Part of that is true that you, like, it's kind of undeniable that you have to take responsibility, you know, for a situation if you want to change that situation. Otherwise, it'll continue on as it is. But the other part of this is that, you know, people, like, there, there's plenty of, un, plenty of forces in this world that are completely against democracy, and even like people in the World Economic Forum and the and the World Bank, they're like, you know, they would they, they want they're considering using fascism to to achieve their goals of a you know agenda twenty thirty and all that stuff. Uh, they're not saying like, oh, fascism is the only way. They're saying like, you know, you know that it's on the table, which usually means that they're, they're going to do it. But so this is so the, we have we are in the situation and, you know, the first thing to increase your responsibility, which is your ability to respond, is to be even aware of the situation. Otherwise, how can you respond to something if you're blind? So you have to. Yeah, you have to have enough knowledge about it to, in order to make an action. The only thing is a lot of these actions are that are being made by these conglomerates are, you know, they're really big and they're fucking am, ambitious as fuck as far as their, you know, control then what and that stuff. means, Loki, what that means, Loki, Go is ahead, getting, getting the right people and enacting new anti-monopoly, anti-trust laws, strengthened by the military if you have to, to the point that you subjugate these companies in a non-fascist way that they're going to obey the, the laws of the land. You, you but the, these, yeah, but 
but these companies have captured a lot of the military too. Like all the top, all the top generals in the states are are. Then you do a massive arrest. You do a massive arrest, and you started American Revolution exactly like the French, where you start beheading traitors. Those are traitors. If you're not faithful uh, uh, to the Republic, then you're enemy of the Republic. We we don't supposed to be giving our loyalties to no American corporation or foreigner. <laughs> Our, our, our loyalty has flood. Go ahead. We'd, we'd be we'd be executing like hundreds of people. Yes. Yeah. Go, go but, ahead. But go yeah, ahead. it's gonna be it's gonna be in the hundreds of thousands, and a lot of them are gonna be from the military. It's unfortunate, but you're gonna be set, setting a precedent that the, the that the rules of the law of the our nation are going to be respected. We're not gonna be giving up the republic like easily. It's like even Gator said it not long ago. You guys have a Second Amendment. It's like, when are you going to, going to use it? Okay, but isn't if, it, I, if, isn't I, that if I tr try to tie two things together, right? One is Hakim's original premise in his in his in about about um, this delusional promise of exploring outer space, right? And then also this concept of like basically citizen responsibility for their own um, their own place in their own democracy. Um, look at Blue Origin, right? It's about $1.4 million to get a ticket on Blue Origin. And that is a 10-minute ride, right? And obviously, that's a minority of people who are going to do that. An ultra-minority of people are going to do it. And what is that ride? It's, it's, it's basically um, Disneyland for ultra-rich people, nothing more, right? You, we, we, we as the human race don't get any greater utility out of that aspect of space exploration. And it will be the same with Virgin Galactic as well. Whereas at least it can be argued that um, SpaceX's efforts are literally the privatization of the utility of NASA. So at least what he's doing is delivering utilities to the space station and to satellites, whereas Jeff Bezos is in the concept of Blue Origin as it stands right now is mainly a touristic thing, although he's actually trying to do a bit more. But we're busy watching that going, oh, look, there's William Shatner in space when actually you should be going, Jesus Christ, that's the biggest fucking waste of, um, of, of that aspect um, compared to just the chasing the utility of rockets, right? for for space and for more mass use right now perhaps that's slightly abstract uh, maybe i'm going off one there but anyway um but when it comes to like listening to vlad's talk talking about um you know you go and do you get you go and do a mass arrest as in we society we go and do a mass arrest no you don't if citizens don't affect who the police targets and how and the police actually sides with the ruling class citizens can't expect any arrests from the, the police the feds work for themselves and they work for the ruling elite and if we can't change that the feds will keep doing that and we don't live in a democracy we live in a corporatocracy that's absolutely tangibly provable in most of the western world right you just need to look at policy and most policy it's certainly in the uk that i'm aware of and from what i can tell in the us most policy that's generated does not serve the interests of citizens it serves the interests of business 
that means you live in a corporatocracy. Now, I agree that if that's true, if, if my opinion on that is true, you need to educate people about that first in order to then drive essentially what would be a grassroots demand for change from various institutions and organisations of the state like the police or the feds or the judiciary or whatever, right? Or even parliament and politics or the House or the Senate itself, right? Or ultimately, if all of that fails, that's when revolution is meant to occur. But there's a big difference between going around and vaguely saying, oh, we should do this, we need to get the, the military should do this, and actually working out a way of a how anyone brings that about. Because nobody, nobody who's dissatisfied, who you've, I've ever heard of, and I include myself in this, can actually come up with a how. How on earth do you get the military to perform a coup in America or the US or the UK? You don't. They're not going to. Because that's how ruling power works. The citizens are beat. I um, unfortunately have to agree with a large part of that. Um, it's, uh, it seems like it, it would be impossible. Um, it would take a lot. And there are some people who attempt to do things like that, but they're routinely silenced and or discredited. <clears throat> Um, because a lot of people who've done it attempt soft approaches and then get uh, usurped, meaning they attempt things like, uh, like let's just say, for example, if Alex Jones was really attempting to free the minds of people and get, uh, you know, life-changing information to them, uh, he would have been, you know, intercepted and... Uh, and made as what people like to call, I don't know, what do they say, like an agent, or I don't know what the hell people are saying these days. They're like, uh, when, when uh, oh, disinfo agents and all that other stuff like that. So where they seem like they're like big time conspiracy theorists, and they're like doing all this stuff, the citizen journalism and whatnot, but then it turns out they're really just a shill, you know? So that's what you can imagine is happening, and that's just like, you know, what we get to hear about through um, popular, like, mystery and fiction. <laughs> you know, but it's, but we're never really going to know. Nobody gets to, to really do this stuff. <laughs> but um, that's an interesting take. Yeah, I mean, because, and another point to what you're saying is uh, who, who of us has actually taken any action, you know, and, like, done anything um, really significant. I mean, we, I'm sure that some of us maybe have volunteered. Um, I mean, I know that um, I've done my fair share of a, a whole lot of that. I mean, I don't even know where to start. I was just, my brain just stopped because I was just thinking about when Floor and I gave away all of our stuff um, to the homeless people at the library in Fort Lauderdale. But that's just like one off a thing, you know what I mean? It's not an organized effort uh, to be able to actually get some kind of lasting momentum. So, and it's because it's a very difficult thing to do. And this is actually where, um, hold on, this is very noisy. 
this is actually where um, some of that stuff that comes in from like those success coach people and stuff, this is where actually that stuff actually really makes any sense. Um, and so here's what I mean by that. A lot of those people talk about uh, about um, oh you know you when you're when you're trying to barely trying to survive, there's no way that you can thrive, and that's wrong because um, when I was barely fighting for my survival, so to speak, which is really not. I mean, it might seem like that for a lot of other people, but when I was running out of money, basically, and, and didn't have any shelter. I didn't shrink away and start crying and, and give up. I got myself to a point where I started to be able to thrive. And But to what you're saying now, Gator, what makes sense here is this, what, what that kind of like stuff with the airy-fairy community and all of the rah-rah motivational stuff goes into that I'm very familiar with and that I'm, I'm a very big part of, um, is this is where that actually applies that saying because most of us are just trying to survive we're trying to just work get a little bit of money to have a roof over our head and be able to do stuff like this first we'll have these first world problems right when we're talking to each other on this space space age technology right and uh and communicate with each other but we're so occupied with the with the the, the daily chores of living you know, even to the things that we really want to do, like me riding my bike right now and from a coffee shop to another one and my dojo being right there and working a security job. These are things that I can tolerate really well, working in the art department. But still, my time has to go into it and I have to do it to survive. I have to pick something because uh, I'm not living off the government. I don't have welfare or food stamps or um, even any of that stuff. So I have to work and it is very difficult for me to think about anything else at the end of the day besides some of this stuff that is simpler for me to get into, like coming here and talking to you guys and sharing these ideas like, yeah, this is the talk, right? And doing this. But that other stuff is, uh, is way out there. Um, it's really far off and doesn't apply. It really doesn't apply. Um, for us to have any lasting impact or benefits uh, unless we actually get and organize and uh, and get into what we have to do. I see you there, Vlad. Give me a moment. I, I made Loki and uh, extra moderators. You guys can bring, bring them up. I'm still on my bike, but I will be off in a second. Hakeem, as, as brutal as this sounds, I've said this before in other rooms, right? There is now a hard measure in society across multiple nations about the nature of how humans are controlled. That, that hard measure is the number of people who have vaccinated themselves with COVID-19 vaccines. Because what that is, well, what it shows you is, and, you know, I will probably offend anyone who's had a COVID vaccine who disagrees with me, right? So, so you're going to have to cut me some slack if this is for anyone in here. But COVID vaccines, the, the, the choice to vaccinate yourself, basically is not really backed up by any of the scientific evidence that was available at the point that they were approved and since.
it's simply narrative, right, which is actually not backed up by science that has told us they're safe and effective and necessary. But half of the world's population, give or take, has decided to inject themselves pretty much on that narrative basis, right? Now, it turns out that COVID-19 vaccines for a lot of people has caused more deleterious effects to them than the disease itself or the, 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 the virus and potential disease itself, including to children. And that's, a ve that's viewable in increasing amounts of public data. Right now, why am I saying this? Because if you think about the big problems of restructuring society in the face of a corrupt corporatocracy, and half the people in the world have been conned into doing something unnecessary and actually potentially life-threatening or fatal just from what they read in the newspapers, then basically you can't rely on that half of the population doing shit to sort out the world for the benefit of the majority of mankind. Because they're basically, and as, 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 as brutal as this is a, a phrase as this is, basically that half of society is either too dumb or too fearful. Right. And that's what you that's what the rest of the, the world is up against. They're up against half of themselves being sheep. Right. For want of a better way of putting it. And then inside the group of people who were more willing to question, more skeptical, more um, guarded and, and more fearful in the other direction. You've still got major organizational problems and a complete lack of resources relative to the ruling elite. That problem is extremely difficult to solve. And it's it's been around forever, right? It's just taken a new form. Iggy, hey. uh, or Gator, on one point though, I would just, I don't think it's exactly half, half maybe if half of people took the um, vaccine, I don't think that half of these people, I don't think the entire amount of these people are all deceived. I think they're more coerced than anything because I know plenty of people that wouldn't have taken it if not for their job telling them that, you know, they will be fired and they will not make any fucking money and be able to support themselves if they don't get it. And some countries mandate that, you know, their citizens get it, you know, regardless. So it's either enforced by by economic consequences from your job or by the government. And, you know, that's, that's not something to overlook because I think a lot of people did not want to take in an emergency use authorized, you know, drug, you know, but I'm, I'm, I'm lucky to live in a place where I had a choice, but yeah. Yeah, I agree, but there's, but, but I agree with you, right. But I did try to take that vaguely into account by saying that people are either basically too dumb or fearful. And I would include coercion and the loss of job as one of the fear mechanisms that force people to do it. But the problem with that as giving these people that excuse is this. If you really believe in the power of the 99% by virtue of the fact that they are 99% in any nation that, inter that, that introduced a mandate, what citizens were too dumb to realize 
was that if they all just went, fuck you, we won't do what you tell us, then no nation would have been able to actually mandate. Literally, that's what humanity couldn't do. En masse, it couldn't actually... The 99% meant nothing because the 99% is incapable of actually saying no when somebody's sticking a needle in their face saying, you have to take this. Even if the 99% are thinking, to be honest, I don't want to, and actually I don't really believe that I have to, they still lack the spine to stand up for themselves. And that tells you everything you need to know about the 99%. The concept of the 99% and the power of the 99%, because we are the 99%, is a fucking myth, right? And that's how dumb the 99% are, is that they want to believe that slogan, right? But in reality, they cannot act it out. And that's what you're dealing with as, 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 as the ultra minority of people who, are, who, want, who know that the world's fucked and isn't working for you. You can't even rely on the 99% to help you out in that. But it's true what you're saying. Uh, cynical and uh, very sobering and depressing, but it seems to be have a lot of truth to it. Thank you for that. Yeah, thank you, Gator. It's true, and it's unfortunate that. Then what do what does one do, Gator, to change the mind of those 99? Because I guarantee okay. you, Gator, that yeah, their minds are am, not changed. I am, I am willing to offer something, right? You have to take solace in this concept that change does not come from the majority. Change comes from an active enough ultra minority. Whether that's an ultra minority or utterly rich, or it's an ultra minority of a two or three percent who suddenly essentially sit up and act up just enough, right? Now, I'll give you an example. If you believe that, that the Sri Lankan... Um, uh protest okay was was roughly organic roughly right because no no uprising is organic it's better to believe that no uprising is organic because then you then you leave room for always there being a corrupt element in it right and that's probably healthier to be that cynical about uprising but all that that all that took was really enough people to surround the houses of parliament for long enough that the ruling elite shat themselves. That doesn't take that many people that long to do, right? But it still takes a lot of people, relatively speaking. Now, the question is, what happens after that? And you have to have a plan in place after that, because otherwise you end up with Sri Lanka, which is just putting in a new, another WEF head, right? Who then kept vaccine mandates and vaccine passports in place to buy petrol and food that's not the outcome you want you want a more coherent better outcome than that not just a change of figurehead but you can get things done with two or three percent so what what do you need to do right for a start as an individual you need to live the example you need to become the example that you want of change that you want to see it's a it's a it's a it's a trite uh, it's a it's a it's it's a it's a well worn tra um, trope, I guess, to say that, but it's true, right? So I would argue this: food security in a time of inflation is important, and actually, when you look at how hard it is or not to grow food, it's a piece of piss, right? 
and people have dialed it in and got perfect working examples of this. So you don't even have to research it. You just copy what they do and you can get that off of YouTube. If you live in an urban environment, right, I would argue this. Go to your local, go and establish local community connections. Literally, go if you live in an apartment block, go and knock on and just say hello to the people in your apartment block if you don't know them. And basically go and find a piece of land, right, an allotment in the UK. We have some allotments or you can you can find a, a little bit of land to rent on a collective basis and just start growing some food for, for, for you and a few people, right? Why? Because you, be you begin to set up an example of how in an urban environment, a few people can start to reduce their food dependency from the system. And if you can grow your own food, you actually increase your wealth because you lower, on a net basis, you lower the amount of money you're spending on supermarket priced food, right? And you're actually increasing the quality of your food because you're buying, you're, you're producing for yourself organic vegetables, right? Now, I know that that sounds stupid and basic and, and un, un, unexciting, but it's a building block towards collective community independence because you're doing two things. You're actually creating a resource supply for yourself, a fundamental resource supply for yourself and in doing so with a few other people, you're building a meaningful connection with those people in your immediate community, which is not political. You don't care whether those people are Democrats, Republicans, Libertarians, um, whatever, because you don't have to talk politics at that point. You just bond on, hey, guys, let's make ourselves better off doing this thing. And then suddenly you're going, yeah, we're improving our food security. That's really fundamental. And then you can, as you get to know those people in that context, maybe you'll find that even though one of you is a Democrat and one of you is a Republican, there's enough similarities in how you think that you, that you suddenly ignore that nominal political difference and you start to connect on the common interests that you have as human beings in this society. The next thing you know, you are the third party or you're beginning to find that, that, that those interests make the third party. And because you're doing these things in your community and you just put in just enough time to tell people that you're doing it and you try to recruit a few more people into it over time, you've got a meaningful acting community. Right now, with that community, what do you do next? Well, you apply direct local political pressure to your governor or your local council, whatever construct you have, this nearest form of local local power to you. Right. And you just create a list of shit you give a shit about in your community and you just start start acting at the local political level. Because we all know that voting at the national level is rigged and doesn't make a difference. But you can actually fuck with people at the lowest level in your political spectrum and, and force them to do things that are a bit more in your interests at the community level. And I would argue that that needs to happen because we've all forgotten how to do it. And that's why we're so weak, because the political class know that our communities are being destroyed. And because they've been deliberately destroyed, we've lost the ability to politically fight coherently across a nation, but from a community standpoint. And because we are all enslaved to the higher rising prices of inflation, we're actually all kept in the dirt so we don't have the capacity for political activity. 
Luki, on that uh, statement that you made there, thank you for that information, because that's actually very valuable and it's to think about right now. Um, I want to push back as devil's advocate one and say and ask this question, do you know that there are a lot of people who've attempted to do this and have been actually arrested or had the police destroy their community gardens? And two, um, have you started your own community garden or anything like this that you're speaking of? Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know about this um, destruction of um, a destruction of it. Um, what I mean, why? What's the basis for that? I mean, if you can find some land legally, find land and then start a community farm, you know, how can the police come along and destroy that? Yeah, and I'm going to actually pull up some resources for that, so I'm not just talking out my my hiney. I'll post those in just a moment. Does anybody else, Loki, Mitchell 2, Extra, Vlad, yeah. any of you guys know it's being destroyed? I, uh, I think in Amer in America, there's there's a way more of an aggressive push against the food sovereignty from a lot of municipalities and you know corporations. In several states, they they um, bent the laws to make it illegal to collect rainwater in Arizona of all places and and in a lot of places they're yeah they're trying to make it hard for people to to grow their own food and even there's see there's a project in New York and they just made a little garden out of out of a plot of dirt that nobody was using or doing nothing with and they made a beautiful garden out of it, and then the fucking manager of that project building came in, dug everything out, and poured bleach inside everything. So it's there's a the the problem we have is we there's a there's a literal anti life, you know, anti human, anti nature mentality running running through everybody that worships money, basically. You know, whether directly or indirectly, like, we're all being fucked over this way uh, mentally. And we're all kind of, you know, every day, you know, trying to see the system tries to see how far it can bend us against our own nature of, you know, cooperation and, you know, thriving. You know, we can't. And this is part of that agenda that kind of, yeah, that 2030 agenda that you know, 90% of people will be useless. Well, we're not useless. So they have to make us useless. You know, we have to, they have to give us useless mentalities. They have to give us food that, you know, makes us not as strong, not as smart, gives us brain fog. Like all this stuff is going into destroying us little by little. And we're getting the death of a thousand cuts over many generations, I feel. So, but in Eng England, I feel they're way more protected, uh, you know, as far as their their common laws and having you know common gardens and stuff. Because Europe kind of had to, you know, keep its sovereignty more intact. It's not as self-exploiting, I would say, as America is. It still is, especially England, because cause it was one of the industrial revolution nations and. That was just like capitalism on crack, but but not as much as the states. Oh, go ahead. Um, okay, so 
Yeah, I'd heard about um, uh, what you described with the rainwater collection and things like this. Okay, so so that would be those things would be an example where you could attack your local municipality level governance, right, and say that is one of the things we want to reverse we want you to reverse because it's anti-human and you focus on that right and and and, and build the com build a community around that vector so you say to you you try and go around literally to a thousand local houses and you say i'm interested in starting this for us who's with me and maybe you get 50 people on board after out of a thousand god knows right and then you and so you then lead them by saying so we're going to try and do this thing on some on some land here, here or here or whatever, right? I've got an idea for that. I can show you a working idea for that. But at the same time, we also need to challenge our local municipal governance um, and get this get this rainwater harvesting thing or get any of the attack, any laws that fuck with what we're trying to do. And, and, and we need to just make that our focus. There's a guy, there's a Canadian guy called Curtis Stone, the urban farmer who literally for a large amount of his life just found people in his local town and his suburbs who had gardens that, that, that were just laid to grass. And he went and knocked on their door and said, I'd like to grow veg. I, I, I'm, I'm farming inside this suburb and I want to do it on urban lots where you've got some space. Can you give me some space on your, on your, in your gardens? And in payment, I will give you each week um, a share of the veg that I grow on, on your land. That will be the payment, but I will take most of it because I'm selling it or using it in a community um, community veg scheme, right? And he actually made a big business, a, a, a good business out of, out of that. So he was using privately owned land for a business as an asset in his business, the land that generated his veg, but also he paid out of his productivity for that land, the rent came from the veggie grew. And also um, he created a community aspect to it as well, right? That that could be repeated in America or the UK. Now to answer Hakeem's thing about, have I tried to do something like this? Kind of, but what I was focusing on was trying to organize or stimulate in amongst a group of middle-class and upper middle class people that I was connected to in the place I just moved recently moved away from uh, around uh, anti COVID stuff. So they were all anti COVID, right? But they were totally fucking disorganized. So these are all these middle class people I came to know who were going, Oh, what do we do? What do we do? And I tried to create, create a plan of build, building a community to grow 25 people a group of 25 people and bring them up to bring them together and then get them to pressure the local uh, member of parliament and co coordinatedly and also to um, connect with more members of their community identify more members of their community our community who local neighbors basically by knocking on their doors right and finding out um, if they felt the same way and therefore to grow the number of people that we had in our COVID resistance group, right? Now, what this showed me, what my attempt to do this with them showed me was that they were upper middle class or middle class. And therefore, although they psychologically did not like what was happening and they knew what was happening, they were rich enough 
to have not actually been so badly affected. And so because of that, their real motivation to do anything wasn't really there, right? So I was saying, well, we can do these basic things, uh, who's with me? And, and I tried it with one guy, one guy I, I did it. And we literally went up and down his local streets, knocking on doors, right? And basically saying, hey, we're interested in hearing about how you feel about gov local government policy in our area having affected you over COVID. Now, most people, we, didn't, we, we only did this a few times as a, as a pilot to show the rest of the group. Now, most people, we, you know, 80% 80, 80 of the people we didn't really speak to, but in the 20% of people we did speak to, probably half of them eventually expressed various levels of concern with the COVID policies of the UK, and we wrote them down. And good or bad, it didn't matter what they were, we, we, collect, we, we started to collect that, that feedback because we were going to send it all to the local member of parliament uh, to try to reflect immediately the, the immediate concerns of our immediate community. And, and it connected us to, to, people, to people who became part of this group. But then when it came down in this, in this group of 25 people, 28 people, by the time we'd done this, it got to, got, we collected a few more people. And I said, okay, we, need to do, we, can, we can do a local community event to raise awareness of X, Y, and Z. Um, and we can start to build a pressure campaign against the MP. These middle-class people lacked the spine to do it, right? And, that, and, 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 and that's what I needed to see. I, need, I, need, I tested the idea I had, I piloted it, I got a result, and then I took it to these 20, 28 people as, a, as, a, as an example, an exemplar, and they didn't, they didn't, they weren't serious about doing anything. And, and my reason why, the reason why I think is because they were too comfortable. What they exactly. needed to be were deprived, great, de deprived to a greater extent. Can I jump in, Gator, with something like that? Real quick, Vlad. Vlad uh, um, so, and this is in Europe? Is it, are you in England? Is that where you're based? Yes, in the UK, yeah. Okay, in the UK, okay, gotcha. So, so Gator, something like this, unfortunately, when people are too comfortable, you have to understand that, well, and I know you know this, you're a smart man, Gator, that if a revolution were to take place and a raise of arms, that's just going to be those people that didn't do shit and they're going to die. They didn't do shit. They didn't prepare. They weren't preppers. They didn't even bother. They didn't even lose weight to go out there and fight, to run, to be able to learn to, to hold a gun. These, these are the people that you're talking about that are comfortable, that, oh, you know, leave me alone. I don't believe in that. We're not going to nothing's happening. You're just a conspiracy buff, a conspiracy theorist, yada, yada, yada. There's going to be those people that are, that are not going to want to put up a fight change their way of life. It's kind of like the people during the hurricane in Florida. The people that died were the ones that were locked up in their homes. The sheriff came by on a boat and said, let's get out of here. And they say, no, I'm in my home. Leave me alone. The, the water's up to their, their stomach or, or up to their chest. And they leave me alone. I'm in my house. Those are the people that died. Those are exactly the people you're talking about. The ones that they see, it's like the people right here in California or Colorado. The fires are, ra are ravaging the forest. And the sheriff comes by the fire department and tells them, 
Let's get out of here. Your house is going to burn up. No, leave me alone. Nothing's going to happen to me. I'm okay. Those are the people you're talking about. Those are the people, believe it or not, uh, Iggy, I'm sorry to say it, that deserve to die. If you won't fight for your life, and when the time comes, when the piper comes to collect it, you're going to go. I'm not worried about those people. If they don't want to live, if they don't want to fight another day for, for themselves, because we have a shitload here in the United States like that, then you deserve to go. Not, not mean be killed by somebody, but because of the situation that's going, whether famine or thirst or whatever, I, I, don't, I don't wish it on anybody. They're going to be a victim of their own decision making. We have to learn to accept that too. It's unfortunate, but there's people that don't want to put up a fight. You know? It's no different than a diabetic that doesn't want to change their diet, doesn't want to lose weight to do away with the diabetes after the doctor has given them all the, all the medication and done several tests, you know, testing annually and tells them your situation's getting worse, you need to lose the weight, you need to change your bad eating habits. But I don't want to let go of the chocolate bar. I still like my ice cream. Then you get what you, what, what, what you deserve, really, by your own actions. They don't want to change. They don't want to start eating more healthy. These are the people you're talking about, Gator. We can't do nothing for them. It's, it's unfortunate. That's how I see it. Do you agree or not? Mm. Well, yes and no. You see, if you're the guy who ultimately... Even with that knowledge, if you're the guy who goes, you know what, yeah, that's that's true. I mean, I, I genuinely agree with you. But at the end of the day, if you still inside that decide to create a reality, so you go off and go, fuck this. <clears throat> I'll just literally go and start farming on people's land. I'll go and do what the urban Kurt Curtis Stone did. I'll go and find, I live in the suburbs. I'm going to knock on everybody's door and say, hey, I'm interested in planting veg, can I use some of your garden if you don't use it? And you just do it irrespective, <clears throat> right? You become, you start to create a change that you want to see. And eventually through doing that, taking just that action on just an individual level, you will attract some people who see what you're doing, right? Build it and they will come. And that's all you need to do. And you can actually just do that and abandon thinking too big or about too many people that you don't really know. And it's and if you act in your community in the way that you want the world to be, that's better than doing nothing. Even if you fail, right? Then that's better than doing nothing. <clears throat> and um and I and I actually think that you're more like and I actually think in these times on just this basic stuff, you won't fail. Because people will people will connect with you on that on this fundamental basis and you will find that they come they come to you the, the universe brings them to you effectively in the end you, you see the my only problem is people coming together when it's already too late and they want miracles to happen and they never prepped. You know the amount of firepower we're going to need to stave off uh, people trying to rob our own our own farmland. We're just going to have people rob the crop to, to take care of our own product, part of the community, because we're going to have people just coming in 
trying to steal to survive. And it's not that you don't want to give your fellow man, but they want to come rape, pillage, and destroy. That's, that's also going to be a problem. So you have to that, have some kind of militia. No, but that, yeah. look, that isn't happening now, right? Not it yet. might happen in the future. Yeah, but listen, yeah. it might happen in the future, but you shouldn't allow that possible idea to change or, or to stop you doing something else right now, which, be, would, which in my case would be saying growing a load of veg. Just because you don't have a bunch of security guards, fuck it, doesn't matter. Cause, because cause what you're trying to do in taking the actions to build up a local community, you're actually trying to do something that stops things getting so bad that you end up in, 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 this, in this revolutionary chaos. Yeah. I, I, I hear you. Let me ask you uh, real quickly, uh, like an update. Are you, are you, I'm right here, brother. What is that crazy noise? Sorry, I'm at a, I'm at a coffee shop. So they make their own, bake their own bread here. It's called the monarch, the monarca, the monarca butterfly of uh, Michoacan, Mexico. I was going to ask you, look. Sorry, no. I was going to ask you, Gator. What's the situation right now in the UK? How's it looking? Is uh, Funaki doing better? Rishi? No, he's... he's... It's just a corporatist shill agenda, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's not about doing better. It's about raping the tax system in exactly the same way that happens in America. It's just a gigantic wealth transfer by the minority rich against the 99%. That's all it is, right? Rishi Sunak is a corporatist whore. That's it. And how does it look? Yeah, I heard of an article where agricultural uh, owners of land and, and uh, you know, of, of vegetable product and fish still want to continue. They still want to be part of the 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 the, the, uh, the European Union. How's that looking at? Irrelevant. Do they need the European? Okay, thank you. Because you could the, sell the, the product the, the within EU, the country, right? The EU is fundamentally fucked. And these circumstances that we're in now will show that to be the case even more. Um, Germany is deindustrializing because of this stupid Russian bullshit, right? Yeah. And once that once that becomes clear to the thickest person in the room, okay? Yeah. Europe will tear itself apart because correct the, the money flowed into and out of Germany, right? And if Germany collapses, then that is the heart of Europe collapsing. And the problem with that is that everyone borrowed money at Germany's interest rates, even though they were all higher risk than Germany. And you cannot print. Each nation is locked by currency into the European Central Banks. They have no currency sovereignty, right? So monetarily, they are completely fucked. Now, Britain made the right choice and never, ever entered the euro currency. And now it's left the EU. Now, what's going to happen to the, to the, to the UK is that we're going to go, we're already in the biggest recession we've ever been in. Right? It's going to be dog shit. But the thing is, being in a huge collapse 
or recession or whatever as a, as the standalone UK compared to the same in across Europe isn't actually it's not going to make the case for going back into Europe we won't go back into Europe no once once real hardship kicks in there's no fucking way anyone will want to go back into Europe in the UK because they'll realize that if they do they become a slave to a big system instead of being a nimble agile player who can still make individual choices and do what they want let, let me ask you if you go With ahead all that being said um is it still suggestible do you think it's still viable to start uh contacting people about the community farms and about getting something started in that way yeah i mean any any yeah i i just think i mean you know if i um yes i i would i would just say if anybody was sensitive to it in their communities they should just do it um you know do it in your own back garden first and then try and grow it and spread it spread it to your neighbors and just involve your neighbors right and then and then go from your neighbors to something else and 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 do it almost have a quiet view that if there's a business opportunity to be had out of it start with that level of efficiency there's a there's a whole system i can send you richard perkins regenerative agriculture all on the youtube right piece of piss efficient farming from the beginning um if you were making a business out of it it it, it aims to be profitable from year one right that's how focused and dialed in it all is and there's nothing the wheel's already been invented you just copy their wheel right um so i would take that position and then just go around and, and you don't have to explain all the detail to everybody you just have to convince them on the emotional level that hey would you like to either buy something from this thing i'm making or would you actually like to be involved in helping me make it you know and see and see what you you don't need many people involved you know you're only looking for 2 3 4 5% of people to show interest and then you've just got a little bit more labor to help you maybe you're using some of their land as well and that's enough of a change really i think it's worth trying um and 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 what's in it for you well if you can't do anything else right now to raise the value of your labor or increase your amount of available time then you can't get any more money in right so one way of increasing your relative wealth immediately is to lower your costs and if through growing high quality organic food for as cheap as possible because you're controlling the means of production right and that that food is radically will end up radically cheaper than buying the same thing from supermarkets in an in positive inflationary environment you have just increased your wealth for that season that you're now feeding yourself that's worth doing 